You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. And Dan. Danimal. Back at it again. Back at it again. How you feeling today, man? Good, good. Well, I had a, a fantastic weekend. I'm not sure what the weather's like down in uh, Palm Beach, but in Tampa, we had some nice chilly weather all weekend. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a beautiful day to be outside. What about you? Yeah, likewise. Pretty cool. Um the cold weather affects my body. I get in a funky mood with this cold weather, man. Um, I don't know if it's my body or what. But <laughs> I'm not. I used to love cool weather, especially being in South Florida. But this year has not been my wave of, of cool weather. I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh, man, but it, man, but it, it has been nice out though. I give yeah. you that. It's not bad. So we are recording early today. National uh, national championship is tonight. Ahmad is not able to make it today to prior obligation. Uh, but before we do that, this podcast is gonna drop. Uh, after the national championship. So I feel right. like that's one way to hold us accountable. So who do you think wins tonight? What do you have as a score? Uh, give me Bama. And I'll go to the tune of 35-24. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, I like Alabama too. I think they're uh, – I think it's going to be a closer game. I think I'm going to go 31-27. But I like All Alabama right. to win this one. I think they're just too good, man. Just too, too good. Uh, Ohio State plus eight right now. I think that I would take that. I think Ohio State looked pretty good against Clemson. Uh, we didn't get the chance to talk about it since the last show, but uh, I thought Clemson uh, was going to be a team that was going to steamroll through, and Ohio State kind of put it all together. So I'm excited for a, a national championship. I think it'll be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Um, we, we started this podcast early just to catch the game. Uh, I kind of forgot uh, doing all everything I had to do Monday that was national championship day. But well, yeah, I'm glad we get this done and then maybe sit down and check out the game. We'll see yeah. who's right when this airs, I guess, tomorrow morning. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I, the way that this season's been going, we're going to probably both be wrong. Ohio State's going to steamroll. Who knows? But uh, hey, we used to talk about this during uh, quarantine and everything else. You watching anything good on TV recently? What am I watching? Um, What is the show on Showtime? I'm forgetting it. It's for the judge. Judge. <sighs> It's a, it's, a, it's a show on, on – on, on, I'm just having a, a brain fart right now, but it's a show on Showtime I'm watching right now. It's a judge, his son uh, accidentally killed somebody driving. Uh, a whole honor? series. Your honor. There you okay. go. There you go. The guy, I just did a, a quick Google on that. Uh, I got to check that out. I guess Brian Cranston's in it. I got to check that out. I watched um, – so the new HBO documentary on Tiger Woods, uh, the first part came out. And I thought that that was fascinating. I was watching it right before uh, we came on air. But there's a show on HBO with Nicole Kidman uh, and a couple other folks called The Undoing, which uh-huh. I thought was a, a really interesting show. Probably an episode or two too long, uh, but a, a really, really good show uh, that I think that you'd really like to So. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. I'm yeah, that out. I've been hearing a lot of things about Tiger Woods' documentary, so I'm going to check that out as well. Uh, it was like a two-part series. Did they play one part already? Yeah, so the first part's, I think, about an hour and a half, and the second part, I believe, comes out next Sunday, so probably another hour and a half. Uh, this first part, and I lied, I still have like 15 minutes left, so if I'm missing a part, don't don't attack me. Uh, this part is a lot about just 
his upbringing and then a lot on uh, his dad, Earl, uh, and kind of the standard that he held him to and, you know, providing a little, uh, you know, commentary, you know, a hindsight commentary on Earl's upbringing with him. But uh, really well done. A lot of really good interviews. Shows a lot of clips that I've never seen before of his time growing up. But uh, we'll definitely recommend that. Absolutely. I'm going to check that out tonight. I got some time. Perfect. Uh, perfect. Hopefully you have a national championship to watch. <laughs> yeah, but I'm hoping that like I don't really care about that too much. So if my, if my wife put up any resistance, I'll get out of there. Um, I want. I hope it's a good game. If it's a good game, I'm gonna stay tuned. But Bama start running away, and it looks like Bama's gonna win. I don't want to see them enjoy the nice things of life and, and confetti and whatnot. So I get I don't out need of them there. to hold up a trophy. You've seen it too much in my yeah. in my lifetime. Right. Awesome, man. Well, hey, let's get into the show. As always, sponsored by our friends over at the Thomas Firm, which is going to handle all your insurance claims for property damage to your home or business. Give them a call, 813-221-2525. You know anything with roof damage, storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires, give them a call. They do work all over the state of Florida. Again, that's the Thomas Firm, tntattorneys.com, 813-221-2525. Big news of the weekend. I believe Florida announced it during midday on Saturday that Wesley McGriff, crime dog, is going to be the Gators' new defensive back coach, uh, replacing uh, either Torian Gray or Ron English, depending on how Florida uh, makes their second hire. Uh, Comes to Florida uh, from Auburn. Previously was the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss, was a defensive backs coach with the New Orleans Saints, uh, has been in the FBS or the NFL since 2001. So any thoughts or knowledge on Wesley McGriff? I think it's a really good hire. Um, I'm not going to go too crazy on it. On paper and then in the big three, his big three reputation is not on par. So when it first hit, Everybody was a little skeptical about the hire. Um, one thing I do like about the hire is not a guy that Dan just went with because he worked with him, right? Um, that's been right. the, familiar, the familiarity thing. It's been, it's been his bag. Uh, McGriff is a guy that's familiar with the league. He has a track record of recruiting down in Miami. Also at uh, Auburn, where he's at now. He's very solid. Has some Miami ties uh, on paper. Uh, his secondary has been performing better than uh, ours. And also a guy that everybody wanted in T-Rob. So, on paper, I'm not mad at that hire at all. I, I want to see who's the uh, other coach that we bring in, but I, I'm I'm happy with the crime dog. I don't like crime dog. Crime Gator? Can we call it crime Gator? <laughs> we can call him something. Uh, he's got to earn that a little bit more. Uh, no, so I think you make a great point. I, you know, I think that he has a, a good record. I mean, 20 years uh, in you know the FBS or the NFL. Obviously, you don't get to become the defensive backs coach with the New Orleans Saints if you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, there's still a lot to be seen. Uh, a lot of people look back on his time, you know, with uh, Miami, with Ole Miss, uh, and some of the recruits that he brought in, Brandon Harris, five-star, Robert Kimdichie, five-star, Tony Connor, who was a safety, also a five-star. But I've not seen as much recently from him to insinuate that he's this unbelievable recruiter. Uh, I think recently he's brought in a number of you know highly ranked and mid ranked four star guys. But you know I think some of that might have to do with the program. Um, so you know I'm curious to see if he's a big recruiting upgrade uh, over Ron English and Torian Gray. Uh, comes with a good background, good reputation, good resume. Um, interesting pick. Um, 
not sure that, you know, that was a name that I thought was going to get thrown around this year. But, you know, a few years ago, I tweeted that I really liked him when Florida was looking for some defensive help about three or four years ago. Uh, and I think that he's definitely a, a solid guy. I wonder if he's peaked a little bit in his career, but I guess we'll see over the next few years. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he does on the recruiting trail. I think a lot of time the recruiting starts at the top. Uh, yep. But these guys have their little, little sauce they could throw on things. But um, overall, I'm not mad at that hire at all. Anybody that mad, that's mad at that hire is a little bit um, drunk. Who do you like for the second hire? So before – hold on. Before we get into that, the, the one thing that I did notice and that I do like about him is he comes from a similar scheme uh, when he was at Auburn and what – uh, Kevin Steele was running over there, similar to what Todd Grantham is running. Either that that three four, that three three five defense that we've you know seen a lot of. I think that he's comfortable in that. He's comfortable in playing that extra nickel cornerback uh, that Florida's been playing in that star role. So I do like him there, uh, just from a, a logistics and just background standpoint. Uh, some of the names that Florida, or pardon me, that have been thrown around for Florida have been Chris Ash from Texas. Uh, he was a, their defensive coordinator. The connection there is uh, some connection to Tom Herman in Ohio State, Dan Mullen. Uh, you know, we'll we'll kind of see there. There was a, a lot of discussion about him a few days ago, and that seems to have died down uh, a little bit. But but that's certainly a name. Charlie Strong is a name that football scoop uh, throughout. Count me in the I don't want to bring Charlie Strong back uh, category. I think that he's – a great coach. I think that he's a great person. I think that he's done some indelible service to the University of Florida, but um, I think that Florida uh, can make a, a different hire, maybe a more up-and-coming hire. Um, and then another name that was thrown around was defensive backs coach Corey Sanders from Pittsburgh. Uh, but uh, according to – I, like I, yeah. I did some research. I've seen that name pop up on Football Scoop and also some message boards, so I did some research. I like that guy. Young guy. Um, he's He's – already getting his uh lumps in on the recruiting trail and, and, and getting some experience there uh he's one of the uh best recruiters as far as uh, uh where he's at and what he could bring in um he's doing really good at Pitt, so i wouldn't mind a guy like Corey sanders i, I take a young guy over or older uh charlie strong i don't think charlie strong wants to recruit um it's right. not his thing he's been known for that like later on in his career he really don't want to recruit and as a defensive back coach a dc i don't want another guy that don't want to recruit i'd rather go to two db room uh, if I can't get Ash, give me Sanders. Uh, also with, with Wesley, another thing he could take on the recruiting trail is a first-round cornerback last year. Yep. Yeah, I didn't even think about that for the Miami Dolphins. Um, no, you're you're exactly right. I'd be interested. I like the name Corey Sanders. I, I was talking to a few people earlier today uh, that have spoken to Corey Sanders, and Corey Sanders himself doesn't necessarily believe uh, that he's going to be the guy that that's picked for that role. Uh, there are some rumors that Florida may be going after somebody from uh, from the NFL. And before you ask, it's not Dan Quinn, not you ask, but before the internet asks, uh, it's not Dan Quinn, and it's not going to be Mark on manual either. So uh, just to get those two out of your way, I don't know who that NFL person would be. I like Corey Sanders though, not knowing who that NFL person might not be or might be uh, because I do think that he brings some um, vibrancy to the coaching staff that, that maybe they don't have outside of uh, maybe Brian Johnson and uh, Christian Robinson. And what's your opinion on Ash? Uh, He's the Texas defensive coordinator right now. Um, yeah. got name, the guy whose name's also popping up on football school. You would think that right now they're waiting on to see what Texas is going to do, right? 
so I think that they're waiting to do that. But what I heard is that he may go join your Jacksonville Jaguars if they hire Urban Meyer. Um, so I think that that may be where some of the trepidation uh, is on his end of potentially joining this staff. Uh, I think that he comes from a great background. He's a former head coach uh, himself at Rutgers uh, for three years. He was the former defensive coordinator at Texas only for a year, uh, but had a good background uh, in the, the big um, in the Big 12 or yeah, Big Ten, pardon me, uh, and then in the SEC, then back to the Big Ten. Uh, and then uh, to Rutgers, then Texas as a uh, analyst, and then uh, this previous year as a defense coordinator. I'll be honest with you, I don't know a ton about him. I know that he's a former DB coach. I know he's a defense coordinator at Wisconsin, Arkansas, Ohio State, and Texas, all great schools. Seems to be a guy that could probably fit in uh, pretty well. Uh, my question mark on him is if Florida's not going to give him a defensive coordinator job, you have to imagine that that's a, a one-and-done probably uh, you know, type of um, hire. Right. But who knows? Uh, you know, again, I don't know if he's – you know, obviously I know he knows Dan Mullen from, you know, via Urban Meyer, but again, didn't work together. Uh, but I guess either to Wesley McGriff. So uh, I would imagine that Chris Ash is going to wait and see if – Urban Meyer gets hired by the Jaguars, which where are you at on that? Any scoop on your end? Have you heard anything? No, I'm not really chasing that news, man. If we hire Urban Meyer, all good and dandy. Um, I'll lie about it a little bit. I'm not crazy excited about it. But um, from what I've been hearing, um, it's pretty much Urban Meyer. I want to be in me myself as a Jaguar fan, but I, I could no. deal with uh, Urban instead of recycling the same NFL coaches over and over. So we'll see what happens. Right. Yeah, I'd be curious, you know, just doing a, a bit of research before the show started, Ash uh, did have, I think before ending up at Rutgers, had I think four years in a row where he had top 25 um, defenses. So obviously a great defensive coordinator. He coached safeties as well as was the defensive coordinator this past season uh, with Texas. So I'd be curious to see how he fits in. Again, I don't know where Florida makes that hire. Outside of those three names, Silk, Let's just assume that you had the opportunity to pick anybody to coach uh, or a spot for them to coach. Where would you pick? It doesn't have to be another DB coach. Where would you want an additional coach on this team? I mean, offensive line. Okay. Just just to help out, have you on the recruiting trail, or even with coaching. I think I just think our, our biggest uh, problem right now, from year to year, has been offensive line. So. Uh, whether it's recruiting, whether it's development, I think we need help at offensive line. So that would be my spot. Yeah, that's where I would go, either offensive line or uh, defensive, uh, the defensive line as well, just to add a, a dog of a recruiter. I think that that's the biggest thing that Florida needs uh, on their staff right now is uh, is a recruiter, a hungry recruiter, a go-getter. Uh, you know, Tim Brewster is one of those guys. Uh, Christian Robinson had a reputation of being one of those guys. Um you know, Billy Gonzalez does, you know, his work, but, you know, Florida, you know, Brian Johnson, you know, to an extent too, but, you know, if you were to look at Florida's whole of their team, they don't have a ton of guys that are really top-notch recruiters. David Turner has had some success. Christian Robinson has some success. Wesley McGriff has had some success. John Hevesy, not a ton of success. Billy Gonzalez recruits a very particular type of person. Greg Knox, great in the transfer portal, not really great in terms of high school players. And then Brian Johnson has been able to get his guys. But, you know, when you look at it, there's probably no coach that you could say is that dog of a recruiter. Um, and I'd probably even be willing to say that I don't know if Tim Brewster is still that that dog of a recruiter that he used to be. I mean, it could be wrong, but. 
Yeah, I agree. We'll see. That announcement, according to Football Scoop, will be made in the next couple of days. We'll see what happens there. Uh, as we move on to the next part of our show, as always, this segment is brought to you by our friends over at Roof Soldier, which is a veteran-owned company that's going to specialize in all aspects of residential and com- commercial roof replacement and repair. Give them a call, one eight seven seven roofs fl or visit them at RoofSoldier.com. Again, one eight seven seven roofs fl Visit them at RoofSoldier.com. Let them know Stadium and Gale sent you get a at least a couple hundred dollars, if not more, off of your roof. So any leaks, damages uh, to any residential or commercial roof, give them a call. With that being said, Silk uh, Florida did an- well. He announced that Florida's um, defensive tackle room will be getting a uh, an additional uh, body to it when Penn State defensive tackle Antonio Shelton. Uh, is decided and announced that he will be transferring in. Former three-star guy uh, is a redshirt senior. Uh, will have one year uh, to be able to play at Florida. Last season ended with five tackles, nine assisted tackles, three and a half sacks, and two QB hurries. Sits at 6'3", 265 pounds. Uh, Silk, any thoughts on Antonio Shelton? A plug-and-play guy, man. Um, he got some productive snaps in. Uh, Penn State was a terrible football team. They didn't play great defense. But he graded out as the best player a lot of times on that terrible defense. Um, I think he's great at the point of attack. I think he passed rush better as the season went on later in the season. Uh, early in the season, they took him a lot, took, took him off uh, the field a lot doing passing downs. But later in the season, he got more reps and he looked a lot better um, doing that. But a guy that's disruptive, um, I think he comes in right away and be able to provide some 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 media playing time. I think he comes in as a starter, you know, um, a six-year guy. Leadership. Is one of the big things with him. Uh, just watching some of the clips, uh, watching Penn State talk about him on the, on their message board. He's a guy that's gonna bring some leadership and, and some attitude to that uh, to that defense. So, big fan of this move. I hope we get at least one more defensive tackle out of this uh, portal thing. Yeah, Florida needs uh, needed defensive tackles with Kyrie Campbell leaving, uh, with Slayton probably leaving. He has ter- Slayton announced that he's leaving yet or not yet. I don't think he has. No, I, I don't think he announced. I think Slayton's coming back. Okay. So I hope so. I haven't heard anything official. I don't even know. That's a good question. Yeah, I know um, there was some discussion about where he uh, – if he would come back. If not, there he's been all over the boards when it comes to mock drafts. Uh, right. You know, the end of the season wasn't as productive for him as maybe the beginning. I think for him it's a matter of trying to figure out where the NFL has. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's doing his research and due diligence on that. He still does have some time. But regardless, with Kyrie Campbell leaving, Florida is missing, like you said, so – leadership, a guy that's been around, a guy that, you know, has been able to be productive, you know, at the higher ranks of football. Uh, I think that he's a good get. I think that Florida needs some additional defensive tackle help. Uh, and then they're also going to need some help uh, across the board, which brings up some other names, uh, including LSU tight end Eric Gilbert, uh, who looks like it's between Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Corey, have you heard anything on on Eric Gilbert? I heard a few things. Yep. Um, outside feels good on him right now, but I don't get too excited because outside will feel good about some things and, and they're not uh coming to fruition. But the guy that's in charge of the tight end room, we just talked about Brewski a little while ago. He feels good about where we at in that recruitment. So we'll see where what it do. Um Georgia is all always a threat, but he's the guy that wanna catch footballs and not block. After seeing what Kyle Pitts did and going 
top 10 in the draft that's about to happen, he'd be crazy right. not to come here and play in this offense, man. So I like where we stand in that recruitment. The earlier that happens, the better for me. Right. Uh, it's my understanding that he's not going to enroll until May. Um, I think today is the last day of drop ad at the University of Florida. Uh, so he is only a freshman. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be you know time for him to you know finish up his classes over at LSU and then enroll at the school of his choice. Like you said, so can't count out Georgia, can't count out Alabama. Uh, but I do think that Florida sits in a better position than the Internet uh, and message boards are saying uh, overall. Is there anybody else that you're interested in? Uh, in the transfer portal on the offensive side or defensive side of the ball? Because I have a few names that I uh, wrote down here. Uh, I'll throw you guys idea. I like uh, a couple of those defensive linemen that left Auburn, but I'm not strong side defensive end. We're good at bug. I think we're good at those spots. I want some defensive tackles. Yeah, so on on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Charleston Rambo is a guy uh, from Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah, uh, he's been there three or four years. Uh, got on the field. Um, quite a bit. Um, actually, he played against the Gators in the Cotton Bowl. I think he had two receptions for maybe 70 yards uh, or so. But I, I really like him. I think that he could fill a slot type of role uh, for the Gators. Uh, outside of that, you know, we mentioned Eric Gilbert. Uh, Grant Calcaterra from Oklahoma as well. He's a tight end. Uh, he put his name in the portal. Uh, he took this past year off. Uh, he was going to go to Auburn, but decided not to. Uh, he's in the market. I do like him uh, to potentially uh, end up at Florida. Uh, but outside of that, those are probably the two big names uh, that I like on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Wanya Morris from Tennessee, the offensive tackle that's transferring. I don't think that Florida is really in, involved too much in his uh, recruitment. We need, to, we need to find a way to get in there. Is he officially in the portal? Uh, it's my understanding that he announced that he was, I don't know if that's official or not. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously don't have access to it, but it's my understanding that he is. Um, but again, he, he couldn't, you know how these things change, right? Well, I can't, I know he, he's got a one out of, out of Tennessee, but who's in it for him right now? Do you know? Uh, he's from Georgia. So I know that Georgia's uh, in the mix for him. But I'm not sure of anybody else right now. Mm. Yeah, that'd be that, that's I mean that's some that's some plug in play guy right there as well. That's the type of guy we need. So I, hopefully we're into that. I haven't been snooping. I had a lot going on this weekend. My right. daughter breaking her arm and whatnot. That's, I haven't that's been snooping. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, whatever about that. But um, <laughs> we can wrap. Hey, let's do that at the end of the show. So yeah. that's that's the thing, you know, with drop ad being over, unless there's some of the schools that are out on the West Coast or the North uh, Northeast that start a little bit later in the year. Yeah, I think that you're going to have some folks that announce where they're that they're going to be transferring. But I think that we're in a, a bit of a lull of a bunch of announcements of where they're going if they haven't chose already. So you saw that FSU got a bunch of mid-level players announced that they were going to transfer to Florida State over the last few days. That's simply because drop ad was uh, was just about over and they needed to get them in. But, you know, folks like Rambo, um, who uh, Gilbert, Calcaterra, you know, right. some of the offensive linemen that are out there, you know, they're going to finish their, their academic year at their school before they decide to transfer. So if you don't hear of anything for the next week, week and a half, three weeks it doesn't mean that they're that florida's not pursuing them or they lost out it's you know these kids can afford to take some time and you know maybe see where covid is in the next couple of weeks couple of months who knows um but uh but there's definitely some uh, some interest and some movement there 
but outside of that, I don't know if I see Florida getting a ton of talent uh, in the transfer portal. I think maybe two or three uh, more folks, but uh, but probably not in the droves that you've seen. Uh, with that, Iverson Clement, uh, former Gators defensive run- or uh, pardon me, running back, uh, has announced that he is going to be transferring to Temple, which is, I think is a a great spot for him. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that he's a guy that. We'll get some burn up there. I think he's able to play immediately. And, you know, Temple's a, a perfect spot for him. It's close to where he grew up. And, you know, best of luck to uh, to Iverson Clement. Yeah, he made, he made the absolute best move uh, for himself. Uh, I'm, I'm still happy he didn't try to play defensive back or nothing crazy like that. Uh, that was that was suggested during the season that he maybe going to try that. But it just wasn't a lot of carries to go in that backfield. And if he was still here, nothing was going to change with that going into this fall as well. So, I think he made a good decision going to Temple to get some carries because you need film to try to, to make a shot at NFL. Absolutely. And, and Temple's a, a good school, like I said, close to home. Uh, right. And he made it and he made it early. So he secures his spot up in uh, Philadelphia uh, with Temple. And, you know, best of luck to him. You know, there's going to be a lot of people in the portal. There's going to be a lot of people without homes uh, as well. So a uh, big shout out. We're rooting for you to Iverson Clement. Give a shout out to our friend Lee Friedland at the law firm at Friedland and Associates. He's going to handle your auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases within every jurisdiction in the state of Florida. Give Lee a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, 1-800-95-INJURED and yourfighthourbattle.com. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about award season. And let's talk a little bit about these former Gators that are moving on. Kyle Pitts wins the Mackey Award. No surprise there. Hopefully no, an animus pick. Yeah, no, no, no surprise at all. Shout out to Kyle Pitts. That, that makes uh two for Larry Scott. I mean two two for Tim Bruce to one for Larry Scott. Shout out to Larry Scott too. Just give him a little bit of credit on that as well. But uh yeah, man, um this, this kid came here and got buckets, sat out a few games and still had the, the most incredible tight end career of, of of all time, damn near, right? Yeah, I mean it definitely up there. You know what the craziest stat, I know I mentioned this about halfway through the season, Kyle Pitts didn't drop one single pass all year. Dog. Which is just incredible. And I think 39 of his 46 receptions, I might be slightly off on that number, uh, went for either a first down or a touchdown. So I mean, just a machine. Just absolutely incredible. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is a game changer in the NFL. He's definitely a game changer at the University of Florida. Joins Aaron Hernandez that Florida doesn't want to recognize. They just call him a 2009 tight end, as I believe Florida's only Mackey Award winners. Yeah, shout out to Chico. Shout out. Uh, Kyle Kyle Trask, pardon me, uh, finishes fourth in the Heisman. Kyle Pitts, uh, as we announced earlier, does finish 10th. Devontae Smith from Alabama, wide receiver, wins, I believe, the first wide receiver since 1991. Um, so congratulations to him. Kyle Trask also um, you know, was a finalist for the Maxwell Award, the Johnny Unitas Award, a few of the others. He did not win uh, any of those, but um, congratulations to Kyle Pitts for finishing fourth overall in the Heisman Trophy race. So I saw this the other day. Five total people voted Ian Book from Notre Dame first place in the Heisen Trophy race. Do you think that their votes should be immediately repealed? I, mean, I think all of this stuff is just a popularity contest now, man. These awards, are like most for the most part. Now you look at the Mackey Award list, and it's kind of respectable of who who's won it. 
But after this year, we 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 seen this play out, man. It's really a popularity contest. Kadarius Tony should have won that little. What's the name of that award? The, the, the Paul Horning Award. Yeah, he he should have won that award. You know, yeah. like for what it stands for, he should have won. But it's a popularity contest, and Bama won. They were hot. So a lot of those guys won won some um, trophies that they shouldn't have won. But I don't. That's why I don't get caught up in the uh, the preseason hype of these awards, because I know usually how it ends up at the end of the year. Um, the Thorpe is a joke. Like nine times out of ten, those guys sometimes go undrafted. So. It's just a popularity contest, man. It's a lot of politics and stuff involved. Yeah, no, I um, I agree 100. Um, percent I'm not I'm not mad neither that that the Bama the Bama guys swept it because when we won on that is we we swept Tim swept a lot of awards, you know yeah. that I, I thought it was a little excessive, you know what I'm saying? Like, God <laughs> damn, need all that, but you know what I'm saying? It happens. Yeah, no, it's 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 nice to be a quarterback in Mac Jones where you have the best center. The best offensive line, the best right. wide receiver, the best running back, and the Heisman Trophy winner. And you tweet something like that, and Alabama fans get mad. You know, but Florida was winning similar awards back in their heyday too. So you know that's why they say this is a team sport. You can be you know the best quarterback you know statistically and not win the award. Uh, but if your team goes undefeated, and no matter what the talent is around you, people are going to notice that. So, um, but again, don't want to uh, not give a shout out to Kyle Pitts. Uh, who was also a unanimous All-American. I think he made all five uh, team uh, All-American lists that are, are recognized by UF. Unfortunately, Kyle Trask, uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, Trayvon Grimes, and a couple of these others did not make any of those lists, so they won't be getting a brick. Um, obviously, none of them won the Heisman Trophy either, so no statue, uh, and no Florida will not be relaxing any of their standards to get any of them a brick or a trophy. So, Standards to standard. You got to keep it elite, right? I mean, I know it's unfair, right? You look back at Kyle Trask and be like, man, he had an unbelievable season. But unfortunately, you know, a couple games here and there, a couple plays here and there is the difference between, you know, a brick and, you know, a, a statue and not, right? Um, but I don't think that that casts any doubt on, on how great of a season Kyle Trask had or an appreciation. Uh, everybody will be able to look back at, at what Kyle Trask did uh, in his season and a half playing at UF. So shout out to him and his career in the NFL. He did announce that I, I believe since last show that he is going to be going pro. Uh, and so congratulations to him and the rest of the Gators that are going pro. Speaking of shout outs, let's give a shout out to our friend Carlton Black with Envoy Mortgage. So if you are in the state of Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Virginia, give him a call. 404-769-5501. See black at envoymortgage.com. Be prepared that email address and maybe that phone number may change over the next couple of weeks. But for now, it still does work. See black at envoymortgage.com. If you're in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia, home loans, conventional loans, FHA loans, VA loans, fixed rate loans, adjustable rate mortgages, whatever you might be. If you're looking to refinance Silk, I'm expecting you when you move uh, here soon to give Carlton Black a call, 404-769-5501. C-Black at envoymortgage.com. Already. Already. So since the last show, we talked a little bit about Dan Mullen and his time uh, or interest in the NFL. We said, hey, this looks like a posturing opportunity to be able to put yourself in an opportunity to get a raise. Right Dan on. Mullen has not interviewed for any NFL head coaching jobs. Dan Mullen also hasn't gotten a raise. Do you think that any of that interest was serious for Dan Mullen? And what do you think is the final result going into the next couple of weeks from now? 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think Dan Mullen is going to the NFL. I don't think nobody's really interested in him. We we that be I think that was just Sexton trying to get some some smoke out there for interviewing um, purposes, man. Um, back, I mean, he's taking defensive tackle transfers and whatnot right now. Yeah, um, I just want I just want to get the rest of my staff uh, put together and, and stop the shenanigans. What's your opinion on the whole thing? I I don't think that Dan Mullen works in the NFL. I don't think that his uh, I'm going to call it a shtick. Uh, I don't think his personality works super well in the NFL. I think that Dan Mullen is an elite uh, game manager, uh, game play designer. Uh, I think that he is a brilliant offensive mind, um, and I think that if he ever wanted to get into the NFL. Uh, it would have to be in a position where he doesn't have a head coaching job. He maybe gets in as an offensive coordinator and maybe works the ranks up from there. I do know that being a coach, as he's been a head coach, as long as he's been and as young as he's been in high-level Division One football, he was an offensive coordinator at the University of Florida, I believe, at the age of 29. I know that that's taken a wear on him. I know that he does have interest in the NFL. But again, as I said on the last show, I don't think that – you know his interest in the NFL diminishes his desire uh, and full attention of making Florida a better program. Uh, I think that he uh, hired a great coach in Weston McGriff. I think that he's doing a great job in the transfer portal. I think that they're still recruiting. Um, So, but again, I don't think that Dan Mullen ever ends up as a head coach in the NFL, especially from a college football job. So, Uh, so, so he's still here. So this, this is the question I I have for you. mm -hmm. Um, He's here. Yep. How do, how does he get to that next level now? Because he didn't fire the defensive coordinator like mm-hmm. like ninety five percent of the fan base wanted. Now we got uh, we're putting a bandaid on on a couple of things. So do you think this is the fix, or how do you think we get to that next level? So this is how I think. I think a couple of things. One, I think that he could probably do himself a solid and. I know that it's tough right now with COVID and everything else, but I think there needs to be some sort of goodwill to her. Uh, you know, I think from a media relations perspective, I think from a, a way that he's kind of carried himself in front of the university uh, to some members of the media, uh, to writers, uh, and just as a whole, I think that there's probably some discussion that we could um, have there in terms of him trying to, to make some correction uh, there and try to earn some goodwill back with some of the folks, especially some of the boosters uh, that did feel embarrassed about some of the comments that he made starting at the beginning of the season with Texas A&M through some discussion about COVID through the Darth Vader thing, which we didn't have, you know, a huge issue with to kind of, you know, the end of the season there. So I think number one is media relations and fan relations. Number two is I think he needs to go out and hire a dynamic recruiter and an up and coming coach uh, as the next player on his staff. I think that Florida, I think the difference between Florida being an eight and four to like an 11 and two program and being a team that competes for national championships is recruiting. I, you know, Florida sits what 10 or 12th right now uh, with Trevante record, you know, officially being taken out of Florida's class as he goes to Jackson state. I think that that's the difference that Florida has to, to, to make. Um, I don't think that Todd Grantham is going to leave. I think that he's at Florida. Um, I said that, you know, around Christmas time when a bunch of people were postulating. How many, how many years left on his contract? I think there's four. It's either oh, three or four. Gosh. Yeah. So he's got time, right? So he's at Florida for at least three years. He's got a huge buyout. 
Um, I don't think that Florida is interested in firing him. They would be silly to fire him uh, now. I think that he would have to do something grossly wrong, and I don't think that keeping Todd Grant – What, get Todd Grant? <laughs> I don't know if that's like a fireball offense. Um, the defense? I don't. I think it's going to be tough. Um, it was gross. It was gross. It was very gross. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'd be very, very interested. This is so between you know between us. I'd be very interested to watch if Florida doesn't offer Dan Mullen an extension over the sec- next seven months before the next football season starts. I'd be very curious to think what Scott Strickland uh, thinks about Dan Mullen's future at Florida. That's the one thing that I'm going to say. That's not inside information or anything else. That's just there's that window of seven months where after next season, he's got two years left on his deal. You're in a better position to do a buyout. If you're ever interested, Dan Mullen then potentially gets worried about what is his next, you know, move look like to him. That's where I start to wonder about Flores commitment. It's going to be over the next six, seven months. That's usually when you see extensions. Gotcha. I'm watching. But I don't know if Dan Mullen can do anything over the next seven months to earn himself an extension. He do something. To, no offseason is not his shit. So he could do something to, to not get one. I tell you that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I don't think it's just like a personnel thing, right? Like, I don't think it's bringing in a great coach. I don't think it's recruiting going really well. I truly think that there's a, an optics thing that is standing in the way of Florida getting a uh, an extension for Dan Mullen. I don't know if it had to gotcha. do – because I, I think if they wanted to, they could have done it after last season, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. high on the hog. They, they win a big bowl game. Uh, they go into the season with a ton of momentum. Uh, that's when I think that they should have done it. The fact that they didn't do, didn't do it then probably meant, hey, we're just going to wait to see how next season goes and probably do it then. Well, now you've got all these issues kind of racking up, and I'd be very, very curious over these next seven months what does happen for Dan Mullen. Because if he goes into next season with two years left on his deal, that's when you have to start wondering you know, what the future of, of Dan Mullen and Florida uh, looks like. Right. I like that. I like that from a leverage standpoint. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson has announced that he is going to be entering the transfer portal. That just happened as we were recruiting the show. I'd be very interested to see if Florida's in on that recruitment. Yeah. Um, I think that he's going to probably end up at Miami. Is that your yeah. understanding? I mean, I had, I mean, I, I, I called this play after we beat Georgia. I said he's a guy that's going to leave Georgia. Um, I said that the podcast right after we beat Georgia, I said that's a guy that's reaching out and, and, and checking for interest other places he wants out of Georgia. And here we are. Um, yeah, he probably ended up at Miami. We didn't get involved in that. This 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 just this recruitment is not starting right now. That recruitment has been going on for a little bit. So him entering the portal means he already got a destination. Um, most likely it's Miami. I know he said Florida was his dream school, but I think that Miami is probably the best spot for him. Dan Mullen has been all over ESPN today, uh, and they asked him a question, uh, and I'm just curious to see what your thoughts are. The question was, should college football playoffs be expanded? And I think – or pardon me. He said, I think what you have to do to expand the playoff is be willing to let go of the bowl system. So I'd be curious to to hear your thoughts. So would you be interested in seeing an expanded playoff and maybe losing, you know, some of your bigger bowl games or kind of the meaningfulness of those bowl games? Yeah, I'm not a fan of the bowl games anymore. It's just like what is it at this point? 
you know, like I think the playoffs makes make, makes it more interesting. Uh, everybody feel like they have a chance, uh, but more teams would be just more locked in and still playing for a reason at the end of the season. Uh, right now, like those bowl games, I don't I, like. I have no reason to get all hyped up and ready to cheer for it because there's a random matchup. Nine times out of ten, some conference of this rank versus in that rank or in who finished where in the conference. This is like not great matchups, you know. So from a lot of standpoints of kids declaring to go to NFL, a lot of reason they need to get rid of uh, the random bowl games. It's really just business. There's nothing the kids are benefiting from it. Yeah, I mean, outside of some of the free gifts, um, I know that a lot of the schools really like that they get. I believe it's 10 to 15 additional practices, and probably 10 uh, additional practices that they're able to get. For us, they voted not to play, and they just didn't play it. I don't don't blame them. And they catch another L on their record, you know? Uh, Yeah, I'd be interested to see if teams start opting out next season, if COVID's not as big of a thing. Or let's just say five years from now. Let's assume that we get through COVID. Everything's fine. There's not another pandemic. I'd be interested to see if we're in the status quo that we are now, if teams are still opting out. Do you think that that's a COVID thing, or do you think that that's a permanent thing where we have teams uh, and players opting out en masse? Uh, that's just a, like ask that a question again because that, that yeah. seems like a. Do I you think, think that it's a COVID-related, you know, issue? Why why we saw so many players opt out and so many teams opt out, or do you think that this is something that we really start to see towards the, toward, towards the end of the season or beginning of the season? I say towards the end of the season, you know, for bowl games and opting out of playing in bowl games. And I just think yeah, it's been a wild year of like uh, of COVID and everything else. If you ain't got a meaningful bowl games, you got a few injuries. Uh, I think teams are just ready to scrap this wild season up. It's been wild for everybody. So I think that had a lot to play. But I don't think – I mean, COVID a little bit, but I don't think it's just COVID. I think it's just been a wild year. Some teams are just like, you know what, let's just start over fresh. Yeah, this has been a mentally draining year. Talked to a, a couple of people. It's that a new are, now, but football year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, 2020, I know for talking to some of the folks uh, on the team, some of the folks that are around the program, on the staff, I know that this was just a hell of a year. Everybody was excited for it to be over. Uh, take a little bit of a break and move on. But I would – be fascinated to watch if we're still seeing teams opt out because that could really change the way that we do bowls. If you have the threat of teams opting out and large swaths of players opting out the way that they did, you know, for Florida and some of these other programs uh, this season, that makes some of these bowl games a lot less desirable to watch uh, and what that might be. Uh, They asked Dan about, you know, eight teams. They asked him about, you know, a lot of different things. He didn't really say anything. Uh, too exciting, but uh, I think eight teams were what should be at no more eight. I think eight teams, top eight teams, get to get in there and play and, and see what it is. That way, you, you don't have to worry about um, if this conference is better than that conference. That kind of the seeding will, will kind of fix a lot of your problems. And then you have eight teams that have something to play for. Right now, you got four, and after that, four, a lot of teams just don't care. Yeah. So David Pollack was talking to him and he, he brought up an example of what this could look like. And Dan Mullen, there's no offense to Dan Mullen, kind of give a babbling answer. I don't think that he was expected that this question was going to come up. Uh, but what David Pollack said is get rid of divisions, have teams play eight conference games, have them play one power five non-conference game, 
I think that they are leaving open the door to be able to play, you know, some other non-conference games or whatever the case may be. I, I don't think that he mentioned that. And then take the top five winners. Obviously, you're going to have championship games. Take your top five winners of your Power Five conferences. Put them automatically in, which I already disagree with, but hear me out. Those five and then have three wild card spots. He didn't mention anything about a group of five school being in there. Um, I don't love the idea of being a guaranteed slot because uh, Oregon won the Pac-12 this year. They were terrible. They went four and three. So I don't think that they should have earned a spot just because they won the Pac-12. Right. But that is an interesting concept, the idea of getting rid of divisions, having eight games, you know, taking the best two teams from each conference, having them play in a championship game, and then the winners of those games. I don't know. It's something, it's something different or at least unique to think about. Right. Yeah, I like it. I think they should expand it. I think they are going to expand it. I think uh, they know that keeping people's interest is good for business. So they'll figure it out real soon. Yep. yep. Why don't you uh, bring us into a Brunt Insurance ad right here? One time for Greg Brunt and the great people at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The best of the best when it comes to car insurance, home insurance, or life insurance. Hit my man Greg up. 95458. Oh, oh, my goodness. 95404. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's, been a, it's been a wild week for me, man. Um, Or a, lot, a, a weekend, I would say. 95458922204. Holler at my man Greg for the best coverage in the state of Florida. Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. So don't have a ton here, so get your Manscaped ad read. Uh, this is more of a, a news and notes segment, but I'd be uh, interested to know what some of your thoughts are. 2021 kids, the arrivals uh, that were coming in early, all did arrive. Uh, Demarcus Bowman was included. Most of them got in on Friday. Some of them got in Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. They did have a big soiree, if you will, at Dan Mullen's house on Saturday. Um but welcome to all the 21, 2021 kids. Starting kicker Evan McPherson dropped the note. Let us know. Hey, heading off, taking my talents to the NFL. Were you shocked by that? I know I was. Yeah, I was shocked as hell because he didn't have a good season. Yeah. He does go down as one of Florida's best kickers. Um, he is Florida's second consecutive kicker, I believe, to announce early for the NFL. Eddie Pinheiro did it after two seasons. Uh, but I was surprised. He didn't have a great end of the season. I do think he has a great leg, uh, but I am very surprised uh, that he is leaving early. Florida is recruiting his younger brother, uh, but that does leave Florida with Chris Howard as the only guy uh, that has made or attempted a field goal kick on Florida's roster, and he was a walk-on. Uh, so if there's an opportunity for a kicker uh, in the transfer portal, I wonder if Dan Mullen's going to kick those tires or if he tries to grab one for this class, but that does leave Florida without a scholarship kicker. Speaking of scholarship kickers, Jacob Finn, who was not on scholarship, but who handled punting duties for 99% of the season as a walk-on, announced that he's going to transfer uh, looking for a scholarship uh, and getting some of his grad school paid for. So best of luck to Jacob Finn as he tries to get some school to pay for his graduate degree. Florida did sign a punter in the last class from Australia who punted against Oklahoma. That was the only time he punted this season. Uh, and Florida probably didn't want to handle two scholarship punters this season. And you end up with Jacob Finn transferring. In other news, NFL news, Dale Lolly, 
who lives in Pittsburgh, uh, insinuated that Marquise Pouncey might be retiring from the NFL. So if this is a run for Marquise Pouncey, wait five years, and I think you end up seeing him and Canton, Ohio. Let's see. Jordan Scarlett. You think, he's, you think he's first ballot? No, probably not. He's probably one of those guys that probably has to wait, you know, yeah. 10, 12 years. Uh, he gets it. I, I do think that he's Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he waits a bit though. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. Not a lot of uh, offensive I, I, linemen get in first ballot either, too. Yeah, offensive guard, you know, first ballot. I'm trying. I would have to do my research on the history of that man, but I don't. I don't think he's first ballot. But well, isn't he? He's a center, right? Or is he a guard? Center. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do think he makes it in. You're probably right. He has to wait at least five years. So sometime between the next five and 55 years, uh, <laughs> I think that Marquise Pouncey will make it. I, you know, I wonder if his brother's going to make it too. Mike Pouncey plays, I still think, for the Chargers. Uh, he played with the Dolphins for a while. He's been with the Chargers for a bit. Uh, he's not been probably as successful as Marquise Pouncey in terms of, you know, all pro teams and pro bowls and everything else. But, you know, probably is going to have a longer career. Uh, so I'd be interested to see if a guy like Mike Pouncey makes it in uh, as well. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, your boy Jordan Scarlett signed a futures contract with the uh, Miami Dolphins. Finished nice. the uh, finished the season last year uh, on the practice squad of the Detroit Lions after being released from the Carolina Panthers roster uh, back in August. Uh, so he's going to sign a futures contract with the Miami Dolphins for next year. There's a huge opportunity for somebody to step up into that role uh, for the Miami Dolphins next season. They don't have a a true running back going into next year. They have some guys that have toted the rock a bit this season, but unless you know they draft somebody in the the early rounds, um, there's certainly an op- uh, opportunity for Jordan Scar to make uh, the roster there. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. But I run the back room. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your opinion on Damian Pierce? Uh, my opinion on Damian Pierce. So I think that Damian Pierce does some things well. I thought that he regressed this season, and I don't totally know why. Uh, I thought that when they used him out of the backfield in a pass-catching, you know, in pass-catching opportunities, I thought that he was pretty good. He was a very reliable pass catcher. I thought that when they did that, that allowed him to be a little bit more successful running the ball when there was a threat of him potentially going out for passes. So teams had to kind of be prepared for that. But I thought as an every Dow running back, I thought that this was going to be his year to shine. And I don't think that he, right. I don't think that he earned the number one spot for next year. And I think that Naquan Wright did. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think, I think the reason we like Naquan so much is because he, he his vision. And I think that's exactly what Damian Pierce is missing. I think he's a, a strong kid. I think he's a strong runner. I think he don't have a, a a a great burst or a quick first step or anything like that. But he's a solid runner. But I think he lacks vision for a guy that's not like really explosive out of his stance. I think he lacks a, a little vision. And I was let down from his, this season. You know what I'm saying? I had I had like a lot of uh, expectations for him. You know what I'm saying? Going into the season, so yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit uh, thrown thrown back right now. I don't know how I feel going into next season. I th- I do think Naquan's our most talented guy. Um, not most talented, but I think he had the best season of the guy of the, of the running back room. I think he looked the most talented. Uh, what Bowman does when he gets here, we'll see. What well, did you call him? The uh, known unknown? I think uh, on your uh, last show. Um, 
about Demarcus Bowman. I think that you know what to expect out of him. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a guy that did incredibly in high school. I think that he's got all of the things and attributes you look for uh, in a running back. But again, you have an interesting predicament, right? You have Aquan Wright, who we just talked about, and Damian Pierce, we just talked about. Add in Malik Davis, add in Lorenzo Lingard, who I thought, pardon me, at times played well. Um, certainly when he played in the game is maybe a little bit indicative, but he's been, you know, he's been uh, getting, he's, get, getting, getting the smoke brewing on uh, social media with this defensive back stuff he's been talking. So where do you see him as defensive back? Do you see him as a safety? Do you see him as a nickel? I mean, I definitely don't see him as a cornerback, but. Yeah, I see him as a running back. Yeah, I, I just I, I think that that's where he needs to stay, uh, and this is the this is a you know the point, right? I mean, just because you're a five star, just because you're athletically gifted, doesn't mean just because it didn't work somewhere else or in one position that's going to necessarily work somewhere else. Now he's feel free to work wherever he wants, and maybe he sees the writing on the wall that hey, Demarcus Bowman comes in, I maybe don't have that opportunity, you know, to play. You know, Malik Davis isn't graduating. Uh, Naquan Wright isn't graduating. Damian Pierce isn't graduating. So maybe he says, hey, it's I just want to get time to play. But Man, I just see this kid working out on, on IG. He'd be in Atlanta working with the same running backs that um, all these, these young college boys work with. I don't know who the trainer is, is in Atlanta, but he's training a lot of the top backs. Is I've that the one that trains at Georgia Tech? Uh, I can't, I don't, I don't, it's an indoor okay. facility. What I'm looking at, I think the guy that trains at Georgia Tech is the quarterback guy, right? Okay, oh, you might be right, you might be right. Yeah, I think the running back, this guy looking at the indoor facility that he's working at, but Linger looks good working out, man. And, and and we've seen flashes of him toting the ball, so I just want to see him get more opportunities. Uh, him learning offense, whatever it may be. Um, but he's looking explosive, he still looks like a strong kid. I don't think he he having any issues as far as bouncing back from that injury. Not from just a slow maybe, – maybe in game time situations, but not definitely not working out. He looks crazy working out. Yeah. <laughs> looks like Tarzan. Right. Uh, we'll see if he plays like Jane or if he plays like Tarzan, right? So, I, I don't know. I think the Florida's got an interesting predicament at the running back room, which isn't necessarily bad that you have an overabundance of talent, but you definitely don't have um, – you have a lot of question marks – on what that position group does moving forward, because is it time to move on from Damian Pierce? Maybe, but what have we seen out of Dan Mullen? Hey, if you've been there for a while, then you're going to, you're going to get your opportunity to, you know, to keep your spot. So there's going to, there's going to be some interesting discussion about what Florida does there. Cause I think of any running back on Florida's mm-hmm. roster earned his spot this year, it's Naquan Wright. I agree. All right. Uh, Gators baseball starts the season as number one. I think that that was announced on some places. A couple other places come out. Uh, There's still no schedule announced, so we should be hearing that pretty soon. Gymnastics won their first match of the year. They're also ranked number one in the country. And then last episode, we had Eric Fawcett from Gator Country, dear, dear friend of the show, come on here and talk about how great or his basketball Mm-mm. team was being are going to be. I tried to tell y'all that they were going to win the next two games. That three and six Kentucky would not roll in and beat the absolute piss out of Florida. And here we are, Florida getting the absolute piss beat out of them by the University of Kentucky. Uh, and 
It was the other game that they lost. I don't even remember. But uh, just not good. Not great news. So Florida does lose back-to-back games. uh, Ends up with seven total votes to be in the top 25. And I don't don't think it's getting much better. Yeah, one time for Blanco. Yeah, I put out a tweet out there. I just kind of randomly said it. Um, got a, got a bunch of traction. I, I do think it's time that Florida considers uh, the potential of moving on from Michael White. I'm telling you, man, it's just, it's just, it's just might so, be time. I, yeah, yeah. Sometimes like, you just need a different voice, right? I don't want to go. I don't want to go in on him. You know, um, I want. I want. I still hope. Hopefully, this team can make the tournament and do some things. I don't want to turn all negative Nancy. Um, but everybody know my opinion on Mike White. I just can't get too attached to this team or too happy at any moment because I just know the letdown is right around the corner dealing with this guy. I will say that I just want Florida to do well for Keontae Johnson. And that's what I want them to play for. I'll cheer them on. I'll do my job like I do every week. Cheer them on, hope for some success. But, man, six years later, same issue, same problems, Uh, lack of an offensive identity, Stagnant. Uh, scoring droughts, stagnant, boring, uh, slow. Um, we'll see. I'm not going to opine too much in basketball because I don't always totally get everything about it and what I'm watching when no, I do watch. Eric, but Eric, Eric, Eric's got to come um, account for his lies. We got to bring Eric back on the show. He got to come yeah. account for these lies he told us. <laughs> he can't just come on here. Can't use this platform to grow your no. followers. No, no, he got all, he got the people all hyped yeah. up and now look. Yeah, sunshine pumping and all. We got a bunch yeah. of retweets, a bunch of comments. He retweeted a bunch of stuff last week. Hey, great how, job. Great job, yeah. Steve Miguel, Eric. <laughs> yeah, wore a shirt and all. We retweeted it. We gave him a platform. He comes on here and lies. It's, you know, Eric, we love you, buddy, but we can't, we can't, we, we got to hold you accountable. Got to hold yeah, you accountable. Yeah, you got to come back and, and talk to the people. Oh, man. All right. So, manscaped.com, take us out. And then I want to hear about your daughter. Uh, I want to hear the story, and then we're going to lift some prayers up to her. Then we're going to take us out, song of the week, and I promise you this one will be uh, a little <laughs> less vulgar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to read the rumors. That's not, not the type of show. One time for the best of the best when it comes to man's grooming, manscaped.com. Be sure to visit manscaped.com. Uh, if you need your lawnmower 3.0, they still got the, the great gifts going on, even though it's not Christmas season. They still got packages available. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. And, you know, support your favorite podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of people that came out uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, that said that they bought some stuff for, for Christmas and the holidays. Uh, thank you for supporting our sponsors, all of them, uh, whether they're on this show or whether they're on our facts-only show, which we're going to record an episode here in a couple of weeks uh, just so you know what Florida's looking like heading into uh, National Signing Day. But, but thank you to all of you that are using that promo code. When we use that promo code, it allows that sponsorship to keep up. It allows us to continue to put out great content for you. So shout out to you. Uh, to those of you that have asked if we want before and after pictures, we don't. Uh, but Ahmad does. So feel free to, uh, <laughs> to to fire that back over now that he's got his Twitter account uh, up and running. <laughs> all right. So tell me about your, your daughter. Is she okay, first of all? Yeah. So I was up in Orlando, man, kicking it, doing some work up there. Um at the studio and then my su- my sister was spending some time with my daughter uh they were doing a brunch and hanging out at her house out there in the acreage and uh somewhere in between uh brunching eating cupcakes having breakfast and pancakes they got on atvs and and she uh 
flipped one of them over and broke her arm. Uh, it, like snap, it was a clean break. Ooh. Um, actually, it broke in two different spots. So it was like she had, she got a few pins put in her, and and she's in the cash right now. So we're looking about eight weeks. Mm. But uh, yeah, man, it was just scary, man. Because when I I called my sister, so it was like the weirdest thing. I called her, she didn't call me. So I called her, and when she picked up, I just heard screaming going on in the background, and Jeez. then she's saying, uh, "Raven just got an accident." So I I had to hop on the road and and just fly. I flew home, man. Yeah. Um, that's just a scary experience, but I'm just glad she's okay. Well, prayers up to her. Sorry you've been dealing with uh, with this. It kind of seems like it's one thing after another with you, man. So hopefully this uh, right. <laughs> this uh, ball starts to, to bounce on your uh, your side here pretty soon. But uh, right. prayers up to you and your family. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Uh, let's take us out. End of the show. So as always, good hosting the show with you. Always enjoy our commentary uh, here. Um, I think we're going to go back to a little bit of blues. We're going to go back to uh, – ish blues ish to, to my boy mark broussard uh who sings uh some really good music i think we're gonna do cry to me it's a good song uh so we'll do cry to me by mark broussard other than that we'll see you next week same corner same time oh yeah i love it bro we'll see you soon and uh without further ado here it is Leaves all alone And nobody Calls you on the phone Don't you feel like crying Don't you feel like crying Here I am, honey Come on When you're all alone In your lonely room And there's nothing But the smell of her perfume Don't you feel like a crying Don't you feel like a crying Don't you feel like a crying Come on Come on, cry to me Well, nothing can be sadder Than a glass of wine alone Loneliness, loneliness Just a waste of time Oh, yeah You don't ever have to walk alone Oh, you see Take my hand, baby, won't you walk with me? Oh, yeah, when you're waiting for a voice to come in the night, but there's no one, don't you feel like crying? Like crack a 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 crack
man. Take care, y'all.